Welcome to Run This World. My name is Nicole DeBoom. I'm a former pro athlete turned entrepreneur. Each week, I'll bring you insights and inspiration from some of the world's greatest visionaries who will help you run your world in ways that you didn't even realize were possible. All in the framework of the amount of time it takes for the average person to run a 5K. That's 36 minutes and 38 seconds, give or take a mile. We often go long, so get ready. Thank you for spending some time with me today. Now let's get this workout started. Hey everyone, I hope you're having a great day. I certainly am. Um, Before we dig into today's episode, I'm going to give you a little conscious cleanse update. I've been talking about this the last few episodes. As you know, if you're a listener, I did the conscious cleanse, which is a 14-day cleanse, which I really didn't even know what a cleanse was going into it. And it turns out this is the kind of cleanse where you're literally eliminating all common food allergens, which means you're eliminating a lot of food. But unlike my initial perception of what a cleanse might be, you can actually eat food. You're not just drinking your calories all day, every day. So it's over. I'm done. I did it. I almost made it to the end. I actually had 12 days off coffee and caffeine. That was one of my big takeaways is that I could survive that. Many of you are probably saying, no, don't even say it out loud. Um, But I did enter back onto uh, coffee and caffeine two days early because it was the weekend and I just really wanted it and I wanted to stop being mad at the cleanse. Um, But what's cool is that after you are totally detoxed, and you, your body is in a more pure state, you can start to add back those common food allergens and then you can really ascertain if you have sensitivities. So far, I have added back nightshades. These are like peppers, tomatoes, totally fine, no problem. I have added back um, soy, I had tofu, soy milk, totally fine, no problem. Um, I actually added back gluten. I had some whole grain bread, and that was totally fine. No problem. Yay. And then the one thing that so far may have given me a little irritation, we'll see, is popcorn. And I'm totally bummed because I actually really love making popcorn. So I'm still adding things back in and and seeing how they go, but so far so good. Um, More on the cleanse later. I interview the founders, uh, Jules and Joe, next week, and their episode will go live in a week or two. But let's talk about who we have on the show today. Today is really, really cool. It's a big, heavy topic. Um, The premise is that our, our guest is a woman named Jackie Rose. Jacqueline Rose, and she she started a company called Revelar. It's a wearable tech device that is intended to keep you safe in times when you feel harm is impending. And it came about because her sister, when they were teens, was assaulted twice. And uh, Jackie felt so much grief and guilt and just came up with this idea that if she could only have an easy way to reach out for help instead of fumbling around with a phone and then trying to unlock it and then make a phone call on 911 and you know, you don't have time to do all of that and explain the situation. So 
Jackie in college decided to pursue this idea. And it turns out that it took just a couple of years until she had her first prototype and Revelar was born. Uh, Jackie is, she's only 26 years old, and this woman is an incredible leader and a, a CEO of a company that is on the rise. It's really good timing because uh, they are about to introduce and launch on April 4th, uh, round two, the second generation of their wearable safety device. And if you tune into the Run This World Facebook group, you'll get a little Facebook Live where she actually shows it off. It's very cool. So make sure you get on there. I'm not going to dig too much into what we talk about today because um, I really want you to hear it, you know, straight from Jackie's mouth. So with that, bringing her on. All right, you ready? I'm ready. So excited. I know. Thanks for having me. Thank you for coming over. <laughs> I was thinking when you came up to the house that there's like a lot of trust going on when you just come walking up to a stranger's house. I'd never met you before. I know. So thanks for giving me that like that trust. Uh, well, luckily, lots of people speak very highly of you. <laughs> so you came highly recommended. I mean, I was hoping you would feel a little bit safe. We're going to get into that word later. Um, Jackie, it's such an honor to have you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's exciting to be here. So, okay, here's the deal. Um, this podcast is all about bringing people inspiration, and I interview visionaries and people making change in the world, and you are one of those people. And it's really interesting. I actually think you're the youngest person I've ever had on my podcast. <laughs> well, that's exciting. But you may be one of the most accomplished. I really appreciate that. That's yeah, a lot. It is, and it's really cool. So what I want to do is I want to actually dig a little bit into your background before we talk like in detail about this really cool company you started. Mm -hmm. So let's share, share with us, if you will, what's your background? Where'd you, where were you born? Where'd you grow up? How, did, how were you raised? Sure. Um, so my name is Jacqueline Rose. I go by Jackie. Um, I'm the CEO and co-founder of Revelar. I was born in Miami. Um, at three months old, I moved to Mexico and lived within two different places in Mexico, uh, La Ciudad de Mexico and Merida, Mexico. Um, I'm Cuban Colombian. My dad was Cuban and immigrated here when he was younger. And my mom is from Colombia, Bogota. Um, uh, wait, yeah. How many languages do you speak? Two fully. Okay. <laughs> fully. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and then um, moved to Boulder when I was a kid. So I actually went to Mesa Elementary. Oh, no way. Yeah. So not too far from here. Oh, that's so um, cool. And then learned English here. So Spanish was my first language. Then moved uh, back to, to do Alfreda, Georgia, Florida, then back to Switzerland, um, and then back to Florida, and then Colorado. Um, so sort of, you know, some of the places were repeated, but... It was really incredible to get to run to move around so much, let alone to get to live abroad and, and come back. So you're a young kid. You're kind of scooting in and out of neighborhoods. You got to make new friends. Like, what did you learn from that? What was your big takeaway looking back? You know, I've always been a chatter. So on the bright side, um, I love making new friends, and I think moving definitely inspired that. But I also think my parents were like that. My parents loved hosting. I grew up with, um, I don't know how many people in and out of our house living there. We were always hosting either family or friends or having people come live with us if they needed some help. My mom had many people live with us depending on what was going on in their lives. So we always huh. had a very open house policy, very um, welcoming. Um, so like yeah, uh, great. like you grew up in a environment where caretaking was a priority. 
Yes, absolutely. And I think they were fantastic caretakers. My parents, um, you know, I remember realizing with as I got older how much they had protected us, um, even living in Mexico or living in Switzerland. Um, I think Switzerland was probably the hardest move. I was 15 and I moved to Europe. Um, and at that point, I'd grown up in a fairly conservative Latino community. Most of my life was in a community that was 99% Latino, um, Spanish-speaking in South Florida. It's called Weston um, or Minizuela, as some other people call it. And to go from a very homogenous <laughs> Latin culture that was very, very different um, to then the epitome of where the United Nations was and to be a few blocks from the UN was a very eye-opening experience. Um, and even moving to Colorado as an adult was culture shock oh, because totally. uh, the East Coast, especially Latin, you know, even dating was hard. And in Colorado, I was like, what are these rules? I was used to, you know, very sort of traditional. Um, so travel, I think <laughs> travel definitely made me more liberal um, and travel made me more um, open minded. Um, but I'm grateful for those opportunities. Did you ever resent your f- parents for sort of carting you around pulling you out of schools and no all that. you know i think a lot of parents worry that moving their kids is going to ruin their lives and like maybe you'd be grumpy for a month or two but i mean kids are literally meant to evolve <laughs> so i mean it was just part of it right like i that never is, thought twice about it man that is such a good message because i know so many of the people listening like we have trouble even thinking that we may do a camp without a friend you know yeah. i mean i think it's healthy it, it is. And I did. I, get, I got sent to summer camps in North Carolina. It was all girls. And we learned how to climb and how to kayak with just girls. And um, I didn't know anybody when we first went. Um, so I think that there's a lot to be said about learning to be independent and not needing that crutch. You know, I think uh, uh, I love that message. I think that is huge. And I, I almost like, I think, this is my own opinion, this is not a yeah. stat, that people who travel more earlier in their lives are more open-minded. Do you agree? Um, I mean, I only have my experiences. Right. And I know true. it literally did open my mind. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I'm so grateful for that. Um, and I definitely think, you know, through reading or through other things, you can have that same experience if you can't afford it. But yeah, I mean, it was it's life-changing to realize that not the whole wor- world revolves around the culture you were raised in. Um, you know, like even now when I go to do business in Thailand, my ability to quickly connect with a new culture mm-hmm. and to be polite and and wait until I know all the rules um, is a very strong for our business because we you know we're building our technology there and having the uh, that ability to communicate across cultures is critical to our success. Do you think there's one universal thing that sort of ties cultures together, like food or I don't know, a sport or whatever? You know. I think that overwhelmingly what my travel has shown me is that most people are good. Mm. You know, maybe, you know, they wouldn't do things exactly how you would do them or their, you know, their food might be different, their, how they dance, their style, what they consider beautiful. But, um, you know, most of my research shows that 90 to 96% of people are decent. It's, you know, those few that sort of repeat that. So, uh, you know, we're in safety. So I think about this a lot is that those repeat offenders are allowed to sort of run rampant. There's really no... And they're not being held accountable but overwhelmingly good people just they want to be able to provide for their families they want to see their kids have a better life than they had they want to you know experience the world and now in a connected society where i can literally have conversations with women in india mm-hmm. on twitter <laughs> yeah is incredible that's I not know. something i could do growing up it's true and you know i do think i do think there's also this like greener grass syndrome that people get where they're like 
they get into a rut and then they're like, I'm not really happy, but if I move somewhere else, maybe I would be happy. And I wonder what your take is on that. Like, is it possible to be happy wherever you are, even if you live in a crappy, you know, what someone else might consider a crappy place? You know, so actually my mom and I have had this conversation a lot because she hit, you know, when my dad passed away, she had a really hard point. And um, she moved out here to follow my sister and I who moved out here. And um, I wanted to live here because, you know, Colorado is just so friendly and beautiful and sunny. And I love rock climbing. My mom moved out here to be with us. And at first she had a really hard time. But she, I'll never forget, she said to me, she goes, you know, Jackie, I've thought about moving back a thousand times. But at the end of the day, I should be able to be happy anywhere because it's, it's from within. And... I think that you can be happy absolutely anywhere. I mean, there are people that are happy with a lot less than I have. And teaching in a low-income school taught me that. It taught me that money doesn't make happiness. That's very true. I mean, do you think that you just can choose it, like from one day the, to the next? I think it depends, again, on that person's chemistry. My, my There's members of my family who suffer from depression and from other mental health concerns. And for them, I think it's a bigger challenge. Wow, there's a lot to talk about there, and I almost want to go down this this uh, road and talk about uh, depression. But before we go there, you've mentioned a couple times. I want to dig into your athletic background. You said yeah. sports are important to you. That's what I do, and I know a lot of people listening are, are out there running right now on their weekend run. And uh, I'd love to know wh- how sports play a role in your life, how physical fitness and health have helped or hurt you. Absolutely. Um, so my I'm so grateful. I always said my parents were like the Latin hippies. Um, And they made sure that anything I wanted to try, I got to try. But growing up in a Latino community, I had friends that weren't allowed to play soccer because that was considered a man's sport. Mm. Um, They weren't allowed to play games or get dirty the way I was. Um, They had to wear heels. At the age of 11, they had to practice walking heels. And instead, I got to be in a basketball team and play soccer and play softball and play volleyball and water polo and any sport under the sun I wanted to try. My parents supported it. And it taught me how to be a team player. It taught me how to you know, persevere. And, and it taught me about my health. And it gave me good habits. And um, you know, even just gymnastics I did, I'm still very flexible thanks to years of gymnastics. And I think about, um, yeah, I'm so grateful for those years of athleticism. Um, and that they, you know, I, <laughs> but the first time I went to summer camp, I was 11. And I remember writing my grandma, my Cuban grandma, that I was going on a five-day rock climbing trip. And my parents flew from Florida to North Carolina to make sure I came back alive because the Cuban family (laughs) was like, women don't rock climb. And how dare you let her do this? She's going to die. Oh, my God. And my dad said he'd never been yelled at by his mother so much. He'd never been ripped out like that. He goes, I have caused all kinds of trouble. I have never had my mother yell at me as loud as much as she did when you went climbing. And you know, they came to make sure I was alive and they were so proud. And they said, it's okay if your family, our family doesn't get it, like you're still going to do this. And I made the advanced rock climbing team and climbed for five summers in a row. I love climbing. Um, and I'm so grateful that my parents basically said like, eh, you know, like you got to love them, but you don't have to listen essentially. I love that. Y- you know, you, first of all climbing is uh it's a sport where you're in your head yes that is what one thing i've noticed i'm not a climber i'm actually afraid of heights i need to get up up on the wall but my daughter is she loves it she's five she's doing the abc gym and it's a sport that like gives her confidence already it's oh, amazing. i love it it's and amazing. it's a full body activity and it's so i love the puzzle of it and how is my body going to balance and get to that next piece and 
there's actually a lot of research that says why rock climbers make good entrepreneurs but yeah oh really yeah why is it the problem solving aspect of it Mm. and sort of like needing to keep at it even if you fall right so you literally fall off a mountain a lot (laughs) and have to like start over and yeah recreate that path so i love climbing and you're uh climbing with your life on the line (laughs) (laughs) kind of like being an entrepreneur you mentioned uh sports gave you habits what are some of those habits recognizing how you know certain foods affect your ability to go on a run right like you're not going to eat a full meal and then try to go on a run or you're you're going to keep up with that you know so i don't exercise as much as i did in high school or middle school where it was every day after school but i still make sure to get it in because i you know my body has been trained to want that exercise and to have those healthy habits and um you know those are habits that are hard to form later in life Mm -hmm. i think and so the sooner you get into them you know i'll never forget i remember thinking my aunt who lived in switzerland was just so nuts because she would never let her kids eat sweets and always made them have fruit for dessert but now like you know i'm like oh that was brilliant right like they think of fruit as dessert and it's so tasty exactly and so now it's just reframing what you think it should fall into that category mm-hmm. right and so really grateful for that and um just the energy it gives you absolutely amazing okay so so you actually where'd you go to college university of florida awesome beautiful did you love it um you know it was a fascinating experience i'd always dreamed of at that point i was living in florida and i wanted to go out of state but the price tags on the schools out of state were insane they're a little more insane now yeah right and i'm like i didn't want student (laughs) loans because i knew they were a disaster and so i um i decided to stay in state so i could travel and so i studied abroad twice and went backpacking once while in college and so i loved it for the because it gave me the financial freedom to do those things um and I'm, i'm so grateful for those opportunities but it was also where i realized that i needed to start rebel r so i came up with the idea my senior year of mm. college um revelar is a spanish word revolar which means to take flight again and is an ode to survivors of sexual assault um, like my little sister um, she was the inspiration for our technology she was assaulted twice before the age of 17. both circumstances were wildly different and she had her phone on her but she's the one who taught me that in a real life emergency you don't have time to reach your phone unlock it and ask for help you don't have time to call 911 and answer questions it's just really unrealistic and so um you know reflecting on what happened to her i wanted i kept thinking like what could have changed what could have made things go differently what could prevent this in the future um i didn't want there to be a third and all of a sudden i had this vision of um pressing a button and it would look like you know something you could wear and at the touch of a button i would know she needed my help and so when i came up with the idea i used my graduation money to pay for a patent search and then took a job with teach for america and moved out to colorado which was my number one choice i wanted to live out here and the rest has kind of been history but um again i'm grateful for uf because if it hadn't been affordable i would not have had the cash to do all these things so let's let's go into it then i mean this is your business now and it came from a real life very traumatic situation that occurred to someone you love deeply and could have been even worse because she may not be here still yeah and um were you did you feel guilt absolutely i mean i was a teenager myself the first time she was attacked 
And, um, you know, Blue Bench has done this beautiful campaign that says start by believing, but it happened right after my dad died and we thought she was acting out because of that. And so when she told us, or when we finally found out, it just felt like, what? And I think I didn't want it to be true. And it wasn't until months later that we were traveling and we were laughing because my sister and I, you know, we're best friends and we were laughing. It just hadn't registered. And it was like months later when we went to the bathroom in a restaurant and she went from laughing to like full on panic attack. And I just looked at her and I said, what happened? You were literally just laughing. And she's like, I thought I saw one of them. Got it. And that was the Mm -hmm. moment that it hit me that it was real. And I think it just, I was in such shock when she first told us that it wasn't until that moment that I saw that that massive shift in my sister who'd always been a wild child and a free spirit feared somebody looking like somebody she knew that I realized that um, what had happened to her. And then the second time was a total stranger. Um, so a lot, there's a lot of research that also shows that once you've been attacked once, you're actually more likely to be attacked again. A lot of survivors have been because you no longer right. walk with the same level of confidence as like crazy subconscious, but you have to learn how to walk with confidence again so you don't look like easy prey. Oh my gosh, this is actually a big, um, really important message, I think, for people. So what does walking with confidence look like? (laughs) That's a good question that I'm still (laughs) tapping into, but that's actually what we feel like Revelar does. So we've had a lot of survivors who've used our technology and say that simply being able to walk with it in their hands in the dark or walk, you know, check in at work and let their loved one know they made it okay or survivors of domestic violence situations. Um, we had a person who um, was an early beta tester. Um, she's a complete rock star. And she had been in a situation and that person got out of jail. And she's like, the ability to check in and the ability to let people know where I am and, and hold it in my hand as I'm getting from point A to point B. She goes, it got me out of bed. And so that's what I think that confidence looks like is that my sister's health deteriorated. I mean, there's those kind of assaults affect your mental, physical, and emotional health deeply. Um, and pepper spray just doesn't cut it. My little sister was homeschooled her senior year of high school after everything that happened. You know, she had to go to a testing site to prove that she was still learning because that's what you do when you're homeschooled. You have to prove you're not cheating at home. Right, right. And she carried, my mom bought her pepper spray and she bought my other sister pepper spray and she didn't buy me one. I was kind of like, what? Um, <laughs> and yeah, she, yeah, I was like, thanks mom. She's like, well, you weren't home. I was like, okay, you could have shipped it anyways. <laughs> um, so she went to the testing site and because it was on her keychain. They confiscated her pepper spray, failed her on the exam, and suspended her from the program for a week, and it went on her permanent record that she brought a weapon to school. Oh, wow. And she called me crying and was like, how do I get, how do I, how do I manage to get suspended from homeschool? And they knew. They were just re-victimizing her. They knew everything. My mom was like, guys, like, she's carrying it around because she's terrified. And my other sister had hers taken at TSA, which is more reasonable. Yeah, <laughs> um, totally. But you can't travel with it. Yeah. And it's more likely to be used against you than to help you, right? Like, we already know that. So um, do we, we know need that? something that communicates? Because I think some of the people listening probably don't oh, know well, that. Oh, um, well, I forget. I, like, live in yeah, this so world no, all the no, time. Yeah, so no, no, you Thank do you. live in this world. I, like, am, like, we need tons you, of research on we this. We need you to educate us a little um, bit. You know, so pepper spray is a tough one, right? Like, you don't know... You know, I've heard, I've read all kinds of articles. You're supposed to spray yourself, but you can't use it in a car. And you like, it just, you know, um, I definitely think that there's a place for defensive tools, but at the end of the day, you need somebody to know that you need help and where you are. And that's what Rebel Art does. Um, and a lot of people ask like, why doesn't it have audio recording? And, 
Um, that's because we've partnered with uh, the National Domestic Violence Hotline, and they taught us something really powerful, which is that in a true emergency, you're going to say whatever to survive, which is what mm-hmm. you should do. Yep. You should try to distract them. You should try to talk your way out. But that could be so misconstrued in court. All people need to know is that you ask for help, what level of alert it is, and where you are. Yep. That's all they need to know. And they can get there okay. and, and help you sort through it. Wow, that's that's huge. So let's uh, actually, what's really cool is right before this podcast started, we watched a video yeah. for your next generation. Yep. So let's talk a little bit about maybe even geeking out in business a little bit, how you got started. Yeah, so I... Um so, you know, use my graduation money, pay for a patent search, spent two years bootstrapping as a, you know, lucrative teacher salary. Um, and very, lucrative. <laughs> very oh, wait, lucrative. Actually, uh, Teach for America. Like, why were you drawn to that program? It's especially since you already had this idea and you're probably running on adrenaline thinking about it all yeah. the time. Um, so my school knew what I was working on, but somebody who was really smart told me it would take two years to, to save up enough cash to, to build the proper legal engineering foundation to do this full-time so i'd have to save up to pay for the next patent fee or to pay for the um incorporation documents or to pay for you know um, a prototype so i had to save up for those basic costs because i knew without it i wasn't going to be able to raise any kind of capital um and i didn't go to business school and i'm not an engineer what'd you major in international studies in spanish that's Um, pretty cool yeah i had always planned on going the nonprofit realm until i actually did work for unicef and realized it's not for me i moved too fast um i have like a very need for speed and i hate being bored um and i have to feel like i'm tangibly affecting change which is actually why after interning with them i ended up choosing teach for america because I was tangibly in a classroom affecting lives and honestly um, I ended up feeling super selfish at the end of it because I think I got more out of it than my students did Um, but I loved my kids I taught everything from three to 14 year olds um, and that job gave me the emotional intelligence to handle the job of being a CEO which is a lot of amazing EQ yeah for sure so for what it tell us what eq is emotional intelligence yes exactly (laughs) and i think that's something that actually a lot of business leaders don't tap into and i think women business leaders this is sorry guys for all you men listening out there i love you too but i've seen uh more women business leaders place priority yeah on uh on the emotional side of leading i guess how i would put it so you started and it was just you it was myself, and then um, I met my co-founder who was working as a CEO of another startup. Um, we became best friends almost instantly upon meeting. We're only about a month apart, and we're both Latinas. We're like the only Colombians, Cuban-Colombian. Well, I'm Cuban-Colombian. She's just pure Colombian um, in Colorado, we joke. Um, one but, um, pure, and one of you is a half. I, we say that she's a pure breeding on the mutt. <laughs> um, we actually say that all the time. I love that. It's and, not racist um, when you say <laughs> Um, it's so hard to be politically no, correct. No, you can't. There's too, um, too many nuances. And she's brilliant. She's completely my other half. I, I kid you not, I am like happily married to my co-founder. Um, she is my absolute soul sister. And her and I have been at this now for almost four years together. Um, from being friends and her, she would come after school and just help me while I would cook. Um, our skill sets are completely opposite but complementary. You know, she never would want to do my job and I would be horrible at hers and um she really helped build what it exists today and she's just a yeah. brilliant brilliant entrepreneur and 
um, knows how to get her hands dirty and has built so much of this company from scratch. Our systems, our processes, our, our, our website, our HR. I mean, she's just a beast. It's amazing. Um, yeah. So you get you get ready to go to market and you launched on a crowdfunding platform, right? We did a Kickstarter originally mm-hmm. um, because we needed to prove we could get customers. We could get totally. investment. And it Absolutely. was awesome. It was very successful. So what does that mean to be that successful? Um, we hit our goal. <laughs> so we were able to keep going. Um, and then from there, um, we got into Techstars. We, before that, we had gotten a small seed from the Foundry Group Angel Syndicate. Um, so altogether, we've raised $3.5 million and we went from concept to nationwide retail launch in eight months. It's amazing. So I'm sitting yeah. here looking at this like cool little piece of hardware that kind of looks like a keychain or a watch face or, you know, but kind of has a little fashion to it and a cute icon and whatnot. And I'm thinking about how much more went into that than the first skirt I made. Which is literally <laughs> throwing together some fabrics, trims, and hang tags. Oh, you know? But it's um I sit here and I think, wow, this is a crazy awesome world of technology that you live in and not enough women are in it. I couldn't agree. That we desperately need. So how do we how do we change that? How do we get our daughters interested in this field? You know, you know, I think there's a lot to be said about seeing people that look like you in this in these areas um i think i'm actually almost grateful i grew up in a very misogynistic culture of lat lat am because it per- i mean people are like oh the the discrimination in tech and i'm like it's no worse than i heard growing up you know i have heard horrible things growing up yeah and so for me it's um i view it as my job to bridge that gap but it's 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 painful and it's stressful and you know i think that that ability to persevere and knowing that your voice matters you know i you have to be able to walk into a room with people with 20 30 years more experience than you and still be confident that you're offering them an incredible opportunity and that you're worth taking a risk on well and you definitely i would say you probably also are faced with age discrimination so people are going to see you walk in a room and if they didn't know who you were they may not assume that you're the person leading this company so <laughs> i get I would, that a lot yeah i would think so well it's frustrating because my my male ceo <laughs> friends who are around my age i've asked them has anybody ever asked you your age and they're like no why would anybody ask us our age Mark zuckerberg was like 19 when he started his company like we're like old on the spectrum right yeah but i walk in and i hear things like um my new favorite one is um, i always say thank god i'm a sexual assault prevention company so i don't deal with that nonsense but they'll say things like you are so articulate for somebody your age how did somebody like you get here that might be my favorite quote yeah so that one always just like (laughs) um, i just kind of looked at him and was like i worked really hard (laughs) and i kept at it for a really long time i was like he's like but how did you learn how to manage i'm like have you ever been in a classroom with five-year-olds if i can do that i can manage people it's fine it's the same thing they're just dollar like it's (laughs) what an awesome awesome Um, comparison yeah man that's so cool so let's let's talk a little bit about the product then so we're launching a new one in six days oh my gosh gosh. okay so actually when this goes up it's going to be like three days (laughs) Ah, that's crazy so 
Um, That's not an April Fool's. No, no, it's like a real thing. So it's launching April 4th in conjunction with Sexual Assault Awareness Month on Indiegogo. We're shipping in May. So it's a quick 30-day pre-order campaign, and we're shipping immediately afterwards in May. It's a, So the new technology, we learned a ton from the first. It's half the size. It's more premium. It has um, it vibrates and beeps, so you have feedback that your messages went out, and it also has step tracking. So if you're on your run, um, you can not only keep track of your steps, but you can know that you're safe in the process. You know, we have a lot of runners who, um, you know, really love to run or but are afraid to run at night, and that's when they want to get their hours in for their next marathon or their next event. And, you know, I know I've been afraid to run at night, but that's when I'd want to go. And so having a device that lets, you know, clips on easily into clothing, it has a one-year battery life, it's waterproof, so if you accidentally wash it in the machine, it's fine. Um, it's something we're really excited about, so yeah. And so just looking at these two devices on the table, what's the new one? This is the new one. This is the old one. So this is just the clip version. There was a keychain. There was two pieces like this. With the new design, it's a keychain and clip in one. So this is the carabiner clip. You can also take it off. And then you have just the pinch clip. Wow, you guys can't uh, see this, but I am taking a video right now. <laughs> Super cool. And so the pinch clip a lot, and it's really sturdy. So you, if you're on a run, you can just put on your sports bra and your pants, and it works fine. Um, and, you know, automatically goes, and you don't have to worry about it not working. And it, it works with your phone, so there's no monthly fee. Um, we're really trying to democratize safety and make it um, help bring people confidence wherever they go. Um, what we like to think is that we build technology that protects your body, mind, and spirit. Very cool. I love that. Thanks. All right, you just did, um, I've never done that before in a podcast. Just took my phone up and did a video right in the middle of it. Um, that was perfect and amazing and such a, I love how in the world of technology, smaller is better in some places. Yeah. And sometimes I think bigger is better. Think of your phone. Yeah. Let's go big. Let's wear a computer in our pockets. No, that's not working for me. I still like my kind of medium-sized phone here. Yeah, right? Because right? our hands are a lot smaller. But and in so your world, it does need to be. Miniaturization matters when it yeah. comes to discretion, right? It being discreet is really critical to be able to de-escalate a potentially violent situation um but also because chances are you're being you know in the united states nine out of ten times an assault is somebody you know and abroad the statistics flip nine out of ten times it's somebody you don't know which is crazy that those stats flip oh wow um but um you know it's not necessarily your best friend but it could be your friend's friend or that person you met at a party or that kid that's in your math class and mm -hmm. so what we always say is we really think people should start with the revelar when they're in fifth and sixth grade when they're really becoming independent but they're vulnerable to peer pressure and bullying and then in high school you definitely need it and then in college for sure you need it because it's the first time you're alone and then you're a young professional who's living by themselves for the first time and you don't want to pay for 24 7 monitoring because it's incredibly expensive and um you know, you want to sometimes be able to just call for help, but one of my favorite features is that it can also just make your phone ring. So yellow alerts can also be programmed to make your phone yeah. ring, and all the messages are customizable. So you pick what each level of alert does. So there's a blue, yellow, red, or check-in okay. yellow, red. Mm -hmm. um, and the check-in is just a snapshot of where you are. So when I travel, I send my boyfriend a quick snapshot of where I am, and it makes him super happy to know I'm alive. Um, makes my mother really happy too. Or I'll do the yellow alert if you want to, I always joke, um, for the bad Tinder dates of the world. Or if you're just in, stuck in a meeting or, you know, when you've been cornered and you're just like, I don't, this doesn't feel right. Like, I just want to get out of here. Totally. Um, because what we learned from talking to hundreds yeah. of survivors of assaults is that, you know, they kept saying the same thing. My instincts were telling me something was wrong, but 
I didn't want to cry wolf. I felt like I couldn't call the police over a creepy feeling. Maybe they didn't feel comfortable calling the police. Um, or the one that breaks my heart is I didn't want to be rude. And I'm like, oh, be rude. So I'm, the yell alert helps you break oh, up those moments. Man. And hopefully it's called the Revlar Instinct, the new product. It's all about trusting your instincts and breaking up those moments and empowering you to decide, um, do I feel safe and comfortable? And if not, reminding you that you have the right to to feel safe and comfortable. And if you're not, you should get out of that situation. Have you ever had to use it to call for help? Um, I have used it to check in and I've used it when I get, um, if I'm home by myself, um, I joke, um, as soon as nighttime falls, um, this is kind of a, a crazy story I've never told before. JonBenet Ramsey was actually a childhood friend of mine. Um, it's something I haven't talked a lot about. Wow. Um, it's actually why we moved to Boulder and um, was her family and our families were friends and my dad worked with her dad. And so I've always had this um, fear of somebody coming into my home. And so um, when I'm home by myself, I'll sleep with it clipped onto my shirt at night. So I really, and I'll like let my mom know that if I'm pressing it, it's not a demo because <laughs> I demo it a lot. Right. Um, you know, so I haven't used the ring me feature, um, but I have really found a great peace of mind by being able to clip it on me at night and knowing that it's there if God forbid anything happens. I've always said that I um, everything in my life I think has led up to this point, has led up to this, yeah. this need to protect the people that I love and recognize that it doesn't matter where in the world you live, things can happen and you never know it could be a bike accident it could be um you know it could be bad luck it could be wrong place wrong time you know it could be you, you just don't know and i think that um carrying something that's smart but has daily practical use is something we really care about making it feel beautiful because people should feel beautiful and they should love what they're wearing and carrying so we care a lot about making our design beautiful that really matters yeah. to us safety shouldn't be clunky no. <laughs> it should be sleek and make you feel empowered and confident and so um you know especially now as we're about to launch the product that we really think will be that inflection point for our company i've been reflecting on what are all those moments in my life that have led to this point and to my deciding to dedicate myself to safety and it's it's an accumulation of all my experiences i had students that were assaulted i had friends that in college it just um somehow i was just always more cognizant that these things were happening um, and I think it's a very natural human instinct to want to ostrich and put your head in the sand. Um, but I think that you have to, you know, part of that is picking yourself back up, which is where the name came from, and just not giving up. And part of that is having the confidence to do so. Man, that, those there's some really important words in there. Confidence, empowerment, feeling safe is part of what can help you gain those, you know, traits, right? Yeah. And you're, you're helping women get there. Yeah. I mean, how does that feel? Does it feel like a burden or does it feel like a joy? It's incredibly moving when I get, like nothing makes my day, like because businesses are hard. You know that with script sports, right? Like there are days that you're just like, why am I doing this? And I swear to God, <laughs> it's like the universe knows. <laughs> and the universe, like that'll be the day that I get an email or a Facebook message yeah. from somebody I mm. haven't talked to in years who's like, I needed this three years ago. Thank you for creating this. I needed this six months ago. Thank you for creating this. I was raped when I was 15. Now my daughter's 15. And I am so grateful that this exists. You know, so um, those messages keep me motivated. So if you ever want to make me happy, send me one of those. We'll send, everybody listening, <laughs> you got it. We're going we're gonna to link over to you. We'll send them your personal email. No, we won't. That's not very safe. Um, but here's the thing. 
you are surrounded by very positive messages, but you live in a world where um, things can very quickly go the other way. And so I can see that uh, that tension. You know, you've created this beautiful product to help people because you're solving a very serious and scary thing that can take their lives completely backwards. So it is a heavy world you live in. It is. And I always, you know, people are like, oh, why don't you like to watch Game of Thrones? I'm like, I feel like my real life has enough of that. And Mm -hmm. I just, I joke, but I was like, in my free time, I need to read and focus on happy things because it's about balance. And my job is heavy and I do deal with heavy topics. And it's hard enough being a woman in tech, let alone tackling something that most VCs would rather cover up their eyes and ears and go, no, 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 it doesn't exist. (laughs) You know, they're Mm -hmm. like, you know, I've had people tell me rape culture is a myth. Oh, like, it's not mm-hmm. one in four women. That's an exaggeration. I'm like, it's not only one in four women, it's one in six men. And that's only who's reporting. And I've interviewed hundreds of people and I've only known two or three who've reported. That's true. So like, that's another serious problem. So with the with our technology and people customizing their messages, we're also hoping to learn and see like, what are people feeling? And by them customizing those messages and communicating with us, we're going to learn how to better have their backs. It's true. Um, and you know, my perspective, of course, I'm thinking about all the women I know and how we think we may put ourselves at danger when we go running at night or we're on the trails alone or, you know, whatever. And by the way, I guess wildlife could also be something that predators that you could also be alerting people are in your area. I didn't yeah. even think about that. We do live in Colorado. Yeah, Lots of mountain lions. Um, so anyway, I think it's it's really important to recognize that men are also a consumer of your product, and a and that gender also has to sometimes deal with fear in the same way that women do. And I forget that. I literally forget that sometimes, and I feel like that sucks. Literally on the lift here. Um, I had a really rough phone call and the Lyft driver goes, oh, I've been there, right? He had, he had retired from his business. And then he goes, I, you know, he started asking me some questions and he goes, you know, thank you for mentioning both men and women. He goes, um, I, you know, I raised two boys that had been abused by somebody else. And he goes at a young age and he goes, and so many people make it so hard for them to heal because they don't want to acknowledge that that can happen to men too. Yep. Um, and so I think that's, but, you know, again, right, like what my silver lining and that fact that I hold on to is that my travels have shown me that overwhelmingly most people are good. Most people want mm. to help. Most people find joy in service. Yep. And, you know, that's the thought that keeps me sane. And we just have to learn as a society how to hold everybody else accountable and get them the help that they need. Absolutely. Um, and, you know, that's how we create change. Um, we have to evolve. Evolve. We have to evolve. And I love how it just came full circle to people generally are good yeah i love that message i have a couple quick quick last questions sure we've already been 40 minutes sister oh wow isn't that cool yeah um all right what's the most important thing you do every day almost daily i check in with my co-founder and she's my rock in so many ways shapes or forms i feel incredibly blessed to work with my best friend and for her to be so freaking talented um it's my sanity check Mm. and so i think you know her and i both you know it was actually really funny as we were filming the video, which you all will see on our Indiegogo campaign um, for Revelar. We were filming it, and and the woman filming it goes, "It's literally you can see the physical difference from when you two are standing together to when you're not." She goes, "You guys instantly feel more comfortable, even in front of a camera. If you two are standing next to each other, we feel stronger together." Um, 
I could never have done this by myself. I could never have done this without my team, um, my entire team. But um, when she said that, her and I were just kind of taken aback and we're like, that's pretty much the story of our lives. We're both very strong, independent people, but together we're just infinitely more powerful. It's amazing. Um, and that has kept me sane. That's a, an important message. Uh, have a sanity check daily. Yeah. Love that. All right, what's the last thing you do before you close your eyes at night? Oh, that's so different from day to day. I wouldn't even know where to. Um, Are you probably, a- I, I call my my boyfriend and probably say goodnight, depending on where I'm at. Awesome. And so again, a grounding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Isn't I have like a cool? no technology rule after a certain hour. What if hour? I can. Or how, how many um, hours? Basically, do you when there? I get home, because I'm a few blocks from the office, so I don't leave until I'm like everything's done. So by the time I get home, I'm like it's food and sleep. <laughs> yeah, but everything's never done. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> well, that's the thing, right? The to do list never ends, and so you, you have to. Uh, teaching taught me God, that. God, you don't even want to see mine. Um, yeah, I hear you. It's true. You so got to pick your battles on a day to day. Prioritize, and if you don't get it done, you have to forgive yourself and just get it done the next morning. Well, especially because fires sprout up. Yeah. And the whole list goes to the side certain days. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, this has been such an awesome joy and so fun for me to interview you and watch this incredible company take liftoff. And we're on liftoff number two. We are definitely going to have some links in the show notes, everybody. And uh, we're going to get you onto that Indiegogo because this is something that everyone should have. Um, the other cool thing is that you're going to be speaking at Skirt Sports yeah. at our Women Run the World event on April 11th. So if you're local, you're going to get a glimpse, yeah. a real glimpse of Jackie. Um, all right, I'm going to end with the question that I ask everybody who comes on the show. Mm-hmm. So the podcast is called Run This World, as you know. Um, if you could give our listeners one piece of advice, one final nugget to help them run their world in a bigger and better way, what would it be? I think one of the most freeing but difficult things to do, and one of my favorite mentors gave me this piece of advice. She said, bad news has to travel fast. So many people get so stuck in their own heads when something bad happens that they don't know how to verbalize it and tell people what's going on. And the sooner you get it out, A, the healthier it is for your sanity, but B, it's incredible how much people want to help. It's incredible how when you open up and you're like, this is what's happening and I have no idea what to do, how people step up for you. And um, so don't be afraid to let bad news travel fast because it actually has to. That is a really, really valid piece of advice. So all those things we hold back because we just don't want to say them out loud. Get them out and let them free yourself, right? <laughs> yeah. I love it. Well, Timing is an art though, but still. Timing is an art. art. <laughs> Timing is an art. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on. Thanks for having me. You're doing huge things in this world, and I am like so honored to even be a little part of your journey. Appreciate it. All right. That was a really special interview. Jackie is clearly on to huge things in this world. I am blown away by her, gosh, maturity. Imagine what you were doing in your mid-20s. This woman is leading a revolution. She is incredible. And as we mentioned, you know, towards the end of the interview, she lives in a world of difficult, heavy stuff. And she's navigating it incredibly gracefully and continuing to innovate and be a role model and mentor for others along the way. She had so many great nuggets throughout this interview. You know, finding happiness is from within. Um, uh, Knowing that your voice matters is important. Trusting your instinct. That's huge. 
in the end, it's all about just making sure that you know yourself from the inside and you're in tune with your body and your mind. And that's what her company, Revelar, I think is doing for women. Um, my, you know, my big takeaway is that we could all use a little bit of help sometimes, and it's okay to ask for help. So with that, I, I highly recommend that you check out her Indiegogo campaign that's going to launch on April 4th. I'll uh, make sure I post all of that on the Run This World Facebook group and in social media wherever I can because this is a really important thing. And if we can give ourselves and our children one thing to help them stand more confidently, more proud, more empowered, and it doesn't cost a whole lot of money to do it, then I think it's worth it. So on that note, we're going to wrap this one up. And you know, you guys have asked you a bunch of times, uh, please do it. Get over to iTunes and write a review about Run This World podcast because I want to keep this thing going. It has been so much fun for me. So even if you're getting just a few seconds of insight from any episode, I'd highly appreciate if you could go out there and share that so we can keep this thing going for the long term. And on that note, send any recommendations you have for future guests. Some of you have been so good about doing that. Please keep them coming. I really, really appreciate it. It helps me know what you want to hear about. All right, folks, you know what time it is. It's time to get out there and run this world. Go out there and have a great workout. We'll see you next week.